This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. You can hit me up on Twitter at Ty D. Butler and on Instagram as well, Ty D. Butler. Hit us up on the phones, 800-919-3776. We're emptying the clip today. We've got a lot of baseball to, to discuss. The Mets currently in action. They are playing game one of their doubleheader against the Braves, currently leading 3-0 in the bottom of the fifth inning, thanks to an RBI single from Alonzo, one from Vogelback, and another from Jeff McNeil. So 3 nothing. your New York Mets on top right now, looking to take the first of two today and would set them up perfectly with Scherzer going in, in game two tonight and then DeGrom going in the finale tomorrow. So a good opportunity for the Mets to take control of this division, uh, assuming they're, they're able to close the deal this afternoon. We'll talk some Yankees. They're not back in action until tonight against the Cardinals in a national, nationally televised game uh, after last night. What a debacle that was. Blowing another late-inning lead. Clay Holmes continues to be disappointing following that all-star performance in the first half of the season. So we'll talk some Mets and Yankees. Jets and Giants. How about this? We're just a couple of days away from the preseason officially kicking off. And I know we don't get too excited about that, but when you're in the position that you are for both those two organizations where we begin a season-long evaluation of your young quarterback, then it starts with training camp, transitions to the preseason, and then you hope to carry over any positive momentum into the regular season. So that gets underway next week. The Giants next Thursday will be playing New England and the Jets a game that you can hear right here on 98.7 ESPN next Friday night. We'll be playing against the Eagles. Some Jet news as well uh, with the offensive tackle Dwayne Brown. He is scheduled to meet with the team. He was a pro bowler last year. He's going to be 37, but uh, an opportunity to give them some much-needed depth at that tackle position. So we'll dive into some football as well. Uh, and go over some of the biggest headlines. Uh, we can talk basketball today. You know, Knicks uh, still looking for uh, a way to get Donovan Mitchell into town. Is that a deal that's going to ultimately materialize? Utah is in a rebuild situation. They sent Gobert to Minnesota uh, for a bevy of draft. Five first-rounders, essentially. He goes to Minnesota. What a, what a terrible deal for the Timberwolves, but neither here nor there. So the, the Jazz are in an obvious rebuild situation, which opens the door for a possible Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks trade. And then we have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. And it looks like, I don't know, we're trending in the direction of both of them being in uniform in Brooklyn next season as they look to right what was a, such a wrong last year and getting swept by the Boston Celtics, who did get to the finals, but still an embarrassment to go out the way that they did. But let's start with baseball. My question to you at the top is, which team do you feel better about going forward the rest of the season? And this was initially posed by... Our good guy, our good buddy, Jake Montgomery, who's now done an excellent job, you know, revamping our social media team because he he's really good and savvy when it comes to those thought-provoking questions that get, you know, our local audience, you know, energized. And it's a, it's a fascinating one in that with the Yankees, I think that the Met fan base probably feels better about their team right now just because of the star power you have atop your rotation with Scherzer and DeGrom. Uh, the lineup has been 
you know, sometimes this year inconsistent, but there's a lot of star power there. Buck Showalter is a proven manager. Uh, the bullpen leaves you a little bit to be concerned about and the lack of ag- aggressiveness at the deadline uh, as far as improving that that flaw. But I, I think the, it, it's safe to say that the Met fan base just feels a little bit more confident right now, whereas if you're the Yankees, three-game losing streak, you're not the same team that you were in the first half of the season, and there's the one team that you just can't seem to figure out, and that's the Houston Astros. So the Yankee fan base right now, a little bit concerned about Gary Cole, uh, a lot of concern with the rest of the rotation, with Nestor Cortez Jr., and Jamison Tyone, who's fallen off of a cliff, and now you get Frankie Montas, who's going to make his debut for the Yankees tomorrow afternoon, but you look at those splits, he was really good at at home in Oakland, terrible on the road, Uh, and and that's something that we were reminded of with Sonny Gray. So not to say that he's going to be Sonny Gray, but that's definitely an aspect of this equation we're going to pay a lot of attention to. With the Mets, even though you can feel better about them, their path is definitely tougher. Having to go through the Dodgers, who just put Kershaw on the I.L., he's got lower back soreness, and it's the second time this season he's dealing with that. It looks like that could be um, something significant going forward. So who knows how that's going to ultimately unfold, but you, you do believe in the Dodgers, of course. That's still the best team to me in the National League. The Padres adding Juan Soto uh, got a lot better and it's it's the Padres, it's the Dodgers, and then the Braves, who they're playing today. You still have to find a way to take control of this division because, to me, the only path to the Mets winning a championship has to go through them getting this division win so they avoid playing in that wild card round. You, you lose having to play an extra series. You get to the division series, championship series, and hopefully the World Series. That's your path. You, you don't want to have to go through you know blowing this division lead entering that wild card around, stumbling, and then having to tax your pitchers the way that you would have to. So the Mets, I think the path is tougher, but you you can feel— like I, I'm not mad at a Met fan for feeling more confident right now than a Yankee fan would. But the Yankees don't have to go through three teams in the American League. It's the Houston Astros and everyone else. The division seems to be locked up. There's no real fear of anyone in this division in, in regards to the, the Rays, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, or anyone in the American League at all, the Twins, I mean, all you've done is just dominated them over the years. So there's really no fear of anyone else in the American League outside of the Houston Astros. Cleveland, another team you don't really fear. I know the Mariners just beat you two of three. You're going to go play them next week on the West Coast. But I don't know if there's a real fear factor with anyone in the American League not named the Houston Astros. So it's a lot uh, the, the the path isn't as arduous if you're uh, if you're the Yankees, whereas the Mets, as I mentioned, the Braves, the Phillies, all of a sudden have woken up. Uh, the Cardinals, Brewers, the Dodgers, the Padres. So there's a lot of depth there, and the Mets. That's not a bu- a bunch, despite how good they've been. That's not a bunch that has been uh, through the experience of postseason success. And you trust Showalter. You trust DeGrom, you trust Scherzer, but this still is a team that, as I keep mentioning, seven years since they last won a playoff game. So that's my question to you guys. Of the two local baseball teams, who do you feel better about? Is it the Yankees, who right now still have the best record in the American League at 70-37, and 37, second best run differential in all, in all of baseball at 205, 
employing a guy who I think is the MVP of the league in Aaron Judge, or is it the New York Mets, who right now, second best record in the National League, they've got the best pitcher in baseball right now, healthy in, in Jacob deGrom. Scherzer, I don't know if you create a list of guys you trust more in a big game than Max Scherzer, how how long that list is. Scherzer deGrom atop, and then Buck Showalter, who many would argue, including myself, that he's the manager of the year right now in the National League. And then not to mention Edwin Diaz has been the single best closer in all of baseball. And, and what a remarkable turnaround that has been. Yankees or Mets, who do you trust more going forward? Hit me on Twitter at Ty D. Butler and dial us up on the phone lines, 800-919-3776. I'm also going to touch on Pat O'Keefe got himself into some trouble uh, toward the ending of his show going at my guy Derek Jeter. And there were some points he made that were fair, some that just, I don't know, felt a little harsh just as far as Jeter's perception following this you know, seven-part documentary. We're now six episodes through it. So he says that as a guy who's covered Jeter, as a guy, Jeter is his second favorite athlete of all time. This documentary is changing his perception of the captain just a little bit, just because of how he handled uh, the situation uh, with Alex Rodriguez more specifically. So we'll get into a little bit of that as well. And as I mentioned, a lot of football we got to talk about today. Uh, Training camp uh, in its second, second week. Actual football was played this week with the Raiders. Uh, and the Jaguars, and then next week for our local teams, they'll be in action. So uh, I'm looking forward to finally, finally talking some football. We got football every weekend until the ending of February. Feels good to be able to say that. I'll keep you updated on the Mets. They're threatening right now in the bottom of the fifth inning, looking to add to that 3 nothing lead. And the Yankees in action in about four hours. And then it's you and me until 6 o'clock. No guest. It's just you and me. Jake, Jacob's got the tunes. We playing some heat rocks today. I'm looking forward to it. And it's all going to happen right here on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> got to have the tunes bumping all day. It's, it's like 105 degrees outside, and I'm annoyed about it. But we know good weather breeds excellent music tastes. So good job on your part coming in with that. Oh, I appreciate that, man. You know, we got to keep the heat inside that we, match outside. We keeping the heat coming. I know you come from hot, so you got the you already got the lineage. So I, I respect it, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you got cooking on your Serato today. Oh man, I appreciate that. I you know, don't. I told you I'm going to be on my bag today. So <laughs> listen, if you in your car listening to that tie and you want to dance in coming in, then that's what you want to do. I'm here for it. It's a party. There we go. It's a party on 98.7 ESPN, and that party starts with Spike in St. Petersburg, who wants to weigh in on the Yankees and Mets. Good afternoon to you, Spike. I know Florida is gorgeous today. Hey man, you got me beating temperature. It's only about 99 here, so but it's the humidity that's the difference. But you guys will cool off real soon. First of all, congratulations on the gig. Thank well you, earned. Sam. Appreciate you. Very proud of you. So let me tell you what I told Jacob. Uh, I, I, I look. Forget the current last five games. Just throw them out on either side, just for discussion purposes. They played a hundred and something already. The Yankees only have one team to deal with, and that's Houston. And the Mets have to get by the Dodgers and get by um, uh, Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, the and Mets the Padres, yeah. Yeah, the Padres, yeah, I guess so, with the new format. But, you know, does everything gel that fast? Uh, I'm a little disgusted with the Yankees, but I really didn't think Clay Holmes 
we keep that up. If you look back, you know, look at our molds, I've seen a lot of baseball. Besides Mariano Rivera, and he, he's the anomaly of anomalies, you know, 100% into the Hall of Fame. He lost some big games, but broken bats. Uh, Bruce Suter, a couple of other uh, closers over the history of baseball. These guys go up and down. Even look at the Mets guy. He, You know, the Mets' big acquisition this year, uh, you could say this player or that player is their manager because putting Diaz in for the, for the six outs, he yeah. got a break with the call. I think it's going to be fun down the stretch. I think, you know, to go to football as it normally does, but I think the next six or eight weeks are going to be very interesting positioning-wise. And, and I'll leave you with this, uh, and I, you can answer it, and I'll catch it on the stream. Do you think there are any other teams besides the five teams I mentioned, the two in the American League and the three in the National League? You said San Diego. I don't see it. Uh, I would so just to work backwards and appreciate the call. Are, are there any other teams who I view as a legitimate threat outside of the five teams you mentioned? And you said the Dodgers, the Astros, the Yankees, Mets, and the Braves. Uh, the Padres have to be in a conversation just because of that lineup. Uh, Tatis Jr. on the way back, Machado and Soto. And, and this isn't football or basketball where you worry about chemistry. These are just great hitters, and you put them in a lineup, and you expect big things to happen. So as long as there's that level of potency in your lineup, they obviously have to be a threat. They're 13 games above 500 right now. They've had a really good season. And you just added one of, if not the best player in baseball to that lineup, that was already good. So they they have to be in the conversation, without question. Uh, about Diaz, uh, you, you talked about, you know, Show Walter bringing him in, what was it, Thursday night for their six-out save against the Braves to, to lock it down, I, I, I think that is a precursor to more of what we're going to see going forward in, into October. They're going to need Diaz to come in for five and six out saves. So you get him ready now. Build his arm up. He's been electric this year. I mentioned you know, probably the best closer in all of baseball. And it's funny because where we were two years ago and just last year with Diaz, you know, him pointing to the sky on, on, on home runs that were clearly clearly leaving the park. You know, Met fans were annoyed and ready to run him out of town. And now you could argue he's been maybe your second or third best player this year in terms of the value he's brought to this team. So you have to be excited uh, about both the Mets and the Yankees. And just because of how lousy our football teams have been, the fact that we're able on August 6th to pose a question about the team you feel best going forward, the, the team you feel best about going forward between the Yankees and Mets, like legitimately, not in five years or ten years, just this season, who do you feel better about? And it's a legitimate conversation, just speaks to how good both of them has been, have been and how fun we're going to have, how much fun we're going to have going into October. Anthony in the mail truck, you're batting second. Talk to me. Todd, what's going on, brother? How are you? Yo, what's good? So before I get into my Yankee point, I wanted to uh, say this the other night. I had gone to Cooperstown with my girlfriend. I took her uh, for her first time going there. And uh, two things I didn't know. One thing was that Derek Jesus Black is next to Moe's. And oh, wow. I think that that is the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, that's dope. And number two is I went on uh, David Ortiz's weekend. And be behind their plaques, apparently... I guess they all signed their names, which is pretty cool. They had, like, the empty plaque there. 
and you know his signature was behind it, and a couple other guys were behind it. So I thought that was pretty cool. I wanted to share that with you. Well, um, how did you feel about David Ortiz uh, getting into the Hall of Fame, despite him being you know linked to roids, and you know, if if other guys yeah, weren't able to get in, and he's just able to you know uh, elude that? It's just like it never happened. I mean, he was with the Twins. He stunk. He went to the Red Sox, started juicing, became the greatest designated hitter of all time. He just forgot that there was a little situation there where he ended up on a Mitchell report. Everyone just forgot about that. But, you know, we all up big yeah, I, right? I just, you know, what I disagree with it. Um, but as a Yankee, as a diehard Yankee fan, he's the only Red Sox that I can have any semblance of respect for. I, as, as much as it pains me to say it, you know, not, not that I respect him. I respect him as a ball player, and that's about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. What's up, man? Yeah, so you wanted to make a point about uh, the Yankee roster construction. Yeah, so so when when Harrison Bader joins the team, um, whenever that is in September or so, I just don't understand how they're going to, you know, I feel like Carpenter has to play. You know, the only odd man out is Donaldson, but we don't have, you know, Carpenter can't play third. He's 40 years old. You know, so so when Bader comes into the lineup, is he going to push – to be the fourth outfielder, have Stanton DH every day to keep him healthy, and then have Benintendi in left and Judge in right. I just don't, I don't know where they're gonna go, um, you know, with that with that roster construction. You know, yeah. I'll uh, hang up and listen, Ty. No, I, pre- I can't wait to listen to you till six. Thanks, brother. Appreciate the call, Anthony. And this was a, a head scratcher of a trade. Uh, not often do you see a team already with a questionable rotation trade one of their more reliable guys and then get nothing back as far as replacing him in that rotation. You trade Jordan Montgomery. Now, has he been great? No, but he's also been a victim of not getting enough run support. You trade him away to St. Louis, and by the way, he's going to start uh, He's going to start tonight against the Yankees, uh, um, Domingo Herman against Jordan Montgomery tonight. That should be fun. You trade him away, and then you get this guy, Harrison Bader, who's injured. And essentially, when he comes back, I guess he's going to give, you know, Hicks a run for his money as far as the uh, the uh, starting spot in the outfield is concerned. But you're adding. There's nothing wrong with adding depth. I just don't understand how trading away Jordan Montgomery made sense. It was one of the only guys in the rotation you felt really good about being a reliable arm who could eat up some innings. And even if you had no plan for him to be a starter come October, he was someone who could eventually go to the bullpen. I, I like someone someone's gotta explain that to me. You you traded him for a guy who who's injured. Doesn't feel like you got much back for him. So I guess we gotta wait and see. Aaron Hicks, you know, Yankee fans hate now that Joey Gallo's gone, the the noise about Aaron Hicks is gonna bellow even louder. Because Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks were the two most, I don't want to say hated, but scrutinized players on the team. And that was despite the fact that the Yankees were excellent and, you know, on a record pace. It was Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks. We need them gone. But now that Gallo's gone, Hicks is he's going to be that guy in the limelight, in the spotlight. He has to perform. And it's been injuries. Like you can see that he has like a pretty high ceiling because of his athleticism. He can hit for power, and he's really good defensively. But it, for some reason, since he signed that extension, it just hasn't all come together for Aaron Hicks. 
And if if he continues to underperform, then the noise is going to get even louder and then maybe insert Harrison Bader into the equation. We go to Harlem and we chat with Jelly. Jelly, what's up? Jelly. Yeah, Jelly, just speaking. Thank you for having me. What's up, Jelly? I wanted to say, first of all, I'm a fan of both Mets and Yankees, NY till I die. Which already, uh, the, the phone call is already off to a rough start. But go ahead, continue. There, no, it's my voice. I had surgery on no, my No, no, no. I'm, I'm not talking about your, your voice, man. I'm saying rooted for both the Yankees and the Mets, uh, most would oh. argue is, is a little fraudulent, and most including me. But go ahead, continue your point. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a New York fan, you know. And what I like to say is, is at the point where both teams need to shake out all their nooks and crannies right now. There's no need to get worried, no need to get excited because they're all professional players. And the other thing I wanted to say, what I heard earlier about Derek Jeter, it sounds it sounds like they was talking about Michael Jordan. Yeah, and you're referring to uh, the criticism that Pat O'Keefe had of Jeter and how he handled himself. Uh, one, yep. when it came to the negotiations with Cashman and um, throughout his career, 2010 being the last contract, and then his relationship with Alex Rodriguez. And, and Pat said that, you know, there was just a failure to ingratiate himself with A-Rod coming to the team. So he, he took it. He took exception to how Jeter carried himself in those regards. Yes, yes, but I, I agree. But I appreciate the call, Jelly and Hart. How do we feel about... Jelly sounds like a wonderful guy. The nickname only adds to it. But the idea that you root for both the Yankees and Mets, I don't even understand how that works. Like This year, I don't despise the Mets, but it's only because they haven't been a threat of late. Like If the Mets this year, let's just say they get to the World Series and lose to the Astros, and the Yankees get bounced in the championship series, there is going to be the reemergence of the Mets fan hatred. Just because I haven't, like, there was, there has been no need to exert my energy in that direction because they haven't been relevant. But once they become consistently relevant and they're contending for titles, that, like, that's going to resurface. I, I, I've never, I never quite understood people who said that they're just New York fans. They can root for both the Yankees and Mets. That, that sounds absurd to me. So what happens when they're playing against each other? You're just cool with whatever the outcome is. Like I, I don't, I don't get that. That's never registered with me. You cannot be both a Nick and a Net fan, or both a Jets and a Giants fan. It just can't happen. It doesn't make any sense. There's a real rivalry here. And it sounds, you know, it sounds kind of dorky to people who aren't all that much of a uh, a sports fan as passionately, but it's real. Like the rivalry is real. You can't be both a Mets and a Yankees fan. It just doesn't make any sense. More of your phone calls coming up. We'll continue to dive into whether or not you think the Mets or the Yankees have a higher ceiling going forward the rest of this year. We'll get to your phone calls uh, about the Jets as well. I see the Jet fans are ch- uh, chiming in on the phone lines, 800-919-3776. I'm excited about Zach Wilson. I'm excited about what this season can be for the Jets. I'm also petrified at the same time. If you're a Giant fan, is Daniel Jones, if, if someone put a gun to your head, is Daniel Jones going to get a second contract with the Giants? 
is he going to get that second contract with the Giants? You also have to be nervous if you're a Giants fan because this is – I saw Ian O'Connor had a column in the post today. No more excuses for Daniel Jones. I don't want to hear anything else about the offensive line, coaching, weapons. This is year four. Show us something. And it starts with you being able to stay on the field, be healthy. Because the last two years, he's just – he's been hurt. And throughout his career, he's been injury prone. So this is a show-me-something year – for Daniel Jones, is he going to get that second contract? That's what makes this that that's what makes this year so exciting. We get to have a season long evaluation of the quarterbacks, and hopefully for both teams, they are answered in the affirmative. Where it's like, yes, both the Jets and Giants have franchise quarterbacks going forward. Who do you feel better about, Zach Wilson or Daniel Jones? That'll be something we observe and acknowledge going forward. We're going until 6 o'clock today. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram right here on 98.7 ESPN. I had to actually take the train into the city today. Oh, not you. Not you. Not me. I, this I know is... you're a driving guy. <laughs> not me. I took the train into the city today, and, it's, and I, I keep count of these things. I'm a big numbers guy. It's only the third time since March of 2020, that I've been caught on a New York City train. Wow. What, uh, how, why did you bestow us your privilege of being <laughs> on the train today? I got some plans with the family after, so it was just more convenient for me to hop on the train. And, you know, now with this monkeypox situation going around, you got to be masked up. You keep, keep your six feet away. Keep that six feet distance, that six foot distance. I don't think... Uh anybody got that on the train. You know, yes, yeah, it's, it's... They missed that notice because I feel like ever since uh, the restrictions were lifted, they're just a little bit closer than they should be. Yes, I, I, I didn't feel good about that, but definitely if, if you're going the whole all-natural route with no deodorant, let's let's suspend that for at least at least this summer and maybe the next couple of summers because it's, it's hot outside. It, it, like, I, I think today's the type of day where it's okay to be discriminatory against like friends who don't have pools. Your boy hits you up. He's like, yo, you got plans today? You busy? You got a pool? Yeah, I got a pool. Nah, I'm free. What's up? Or nah, I don't have a pool. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm busy. It's either you, you, you're hanging in the pool all day or you you home in the AC watching the Mets now hit another three-run home run that gives them uh, a 6 nothing lead. Frankie Lindor just went dead straight away center for it looks like a three-run home run. Yes, now they're going to give him the three-run shot. And they're up 6 nothing in the bottom of the sixth inning on the Braves. So, good opportunity for the Mets to take a stranglehold of the series. It looks like it hit the top of the wall. So, that actually might be ruled that it stayed into the park. And either going to be 4 nothing or 5 nothing. But they're going to review it. The Mets... Off to a good start today against the Braves. You got Scherzer going tonight, then DeGrom tomorrow. So, in theory, you could have this series on smash. You you get this game tonight, and then of the next 18 innings, what, 14 or 15 will be pitched by DeGrom and Scherzer, and then Diaz figures out the rest of it. You should be in pretty good shape. Let's go back to the phones. We go to Ira in Staten Island, who wants to weigh in on the Jets. Very shockingly, Ira. Ira, you there? Oh, this is very depressing. Ira. We'll have to get back to Ira. Louis in Staten Island says 
He he can't. Louis and Staten Island. You said you can be a fan of of multiple teams in New York. I first of all, let me let me say let me say I'm glad that the Mets is up because we can take a stranglehold right here you because can. we got high powered Matt Matt Scherzer and Degrom coming up. You can, right? you we can. can take a stranglehold right here. I'm I'm, I'm happy. I just. I just had to get that in before I, I say what I got to say. I know. Can you please try to hear me out because you're a little biased with your, with your chain of thought? I promise to give you the floor I, for as long as it okay. makes sense. I, I, I always been a New York fan. And when I say a New York fan, I, that, I really felt with that caller because not many people uh, uh, will go against the, uh, the, the norm and say what he said about, you know, being a New York fan. I've been a, I've been – places around this country, and I, you know, when I was a little kid, my father taught me to be a Dallas Cowboys fan because, you know, they were dominating or whatever. But I started going places, and I realized there's a lot of people that don't like people from New York, and it's just our swag that people don't like or whatever. And I felt some type of way, you know, going for the, the teams like Boston, uh, the Cowboys, uh, and, and they don't even like us. So I learned, you know, at a young age to, to go for the teams that, 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 that represent me, I should say, or whatever. Like in the in the um in the 90s, um, you know the X Men. I was I was saying X Men when Jordan was was dominating. I didn't care. I was going for the X Men. I couldn't afford tickets. I went to the Jersey Nets or whatever. But when they came to Brooklyn, Alan Hahn was sitting there talking about playing your flag. No, they're in Brooklyn. I represent them because I'm from Staten Island. Anything in New York, I care nothing about hockey. But just now, when the Rangers was dominating. I was ready to go to the parade, and I'd have stopped everything in the world to go to that parade. Now, you can call me fraudulent all you want, but I sit there in 2010 when Mark Sanchez and Eli Manning, I was telling my friends they're both garbage. And everybody swear that Eli's all that because he won that Super Bowl, but that was Strahan, that was uh, 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 Tuck, and all these guys that won that Super Bowl. Nobody holds uh, Peyton Manning to 17 points or whatever. I'm not, I, I watched... But the Mets, the Yankees, the, the Mets, yeah. When they dominated in 86, Ozone Park destroyed the, the city. Do you remember that? Wait, so let they me destroyed ask. destroyed the city. Let me ask you a question real quick. So you said you're, you're a diehard Mets fan. I'm a diehard New York fan. But do you have a team? Are you, are you, a, ba- are you yes, a diehard baseball fan? Every single team in New York. The Liberty is my team, yeah. Okay, so if, and the, I watch, and I watch if the, the Mets, NBA. if the Mets and Yankees play in the World Series, is there a, is there a team that you're rooting for harder? I can't lose. I can't lose. Okay, Louis, I, I appreciate the call. So there's a lot about that that doesn't really make sense. I understand like traveling places and being hated by other cities. That makes sense. But to me, what's more prominent and what's more significant is like if you're a Yankee fan, having to live here and work here every single day. And go up against Met fans in 2015 when they were in the World Series and you weren't. The Met fans relishing the fact that they had a chance to become the latest team to win that championship. That matters more to me than this random time that I'm in Texas, you know, hollering at our Astros fans who, who just hate people from New York. I'm here every single day. You do have to plant your flag. And if you're a Knicks fan, you know, rooting for, for MJ, I, I like. I, I don't know what that was about, but there's no way you can be a Jet and a Giant fan, a, a Knicks and a Nets fan, or a Yankees and a Mets fan. It, it just, like, that sports, to me, the foundation of it is about passion and rivalry. Like, that's what makes it so much fun. 
I had a hard time actually during the NBA Finals this past year because I'm a Laker fan. The Celtics are there, and the Lakers in 2020 um, tied them in championships. But I'm also a, a, a like I love Durant. He's my favorite player in the league right now. So to see the Warriors, you know, win a championship with before him and after him was tough. But I, I had to root for the Warriors. I'm not rooting for the Celtics. And it's not the same thing as being in the same city. But my point is, part of sports fandom is just as much as you love your favorite teams, you have those rivals that you just can't stand. And that comes with the territory of sharing a city uh, with with the team in football and basketball and baseball. I, I don't understand how you could root for both teams. Ira in Staten Island, are you, are you here? Are you back? Because we couldn't hear you before. Yes, yes. No, no, was something wrong with my phone. Sorry oh, I, 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 Sorry for the I thought that the you know Joe Douglas had signed Dwayne Brown, and you know they had to feed you the information and vet the process. So I thought you were called away on a, a conference call because you have to be part of that process. Well, I was actually part of the conference call before they signed the contract. I'm trying to get the thing done. Nice, but, nice. But, you know, I, I, love you know, I love that you're on it. I love that you're on it, and you have your priorities in order. Priorities in order. There you go. I mean, to me, that's a no-brainer. I think it would be a really smart move on Douglas's part. Get this thing wrapped up. I think it's a good sign that he's going to be at the stadium tonight watching practice. Yeah, the, the, the and, green and white game tonight. But who is that more? Like, right. is that more of an indictment of Becton or Fant, or is it just um, depth? I think it's just depth. I mean, to be quite honest, and you know how I have my question marks about Becton. Um, to be honest with you, I think he's the most improved player in camp right now. You know, from day one to the end of this past week. Well, he's wearing a knee brace, a lot of steps. And I know you're there, but he's wearing a knee brace. That didn't make me feel good. No, I know. But you know what? Um, We'll see. We'll see where that goes. But uh, um, I'm happy with the way he's made progress at right tackle. But as a team as a whole, man, oh, man, you know, listen, I know there's a lot of you know, they have to prove it. There's a lot of potential. There's a lot of young players. But they were very smart. You know, they they, they added the Whiteheads. They added the Reeves. They had Mosley. Um, you know, they brought in Solomon Thomas. There's a lot of guys with experience, with success with other organizations. And I think it's a nice blend for the young players to lean on these older veterans. And especially when a guy like Brown, and, you know, been in the league forever, what, 36, 37 years old. He came from Seattle. He, you know, he played, you know, winning football. So to me, once again, it, and you started talking about it, this all comes down to the quarterback because this team, is, everything is in place right now. You may have want to question maybe the, the maybe some depth at linebacker. Besides that, this is a solid roster. I think the skill position players, tight ends, receivers, running backs, they're all set. They're all ready to score points. It's all going to be on the quarterback. And right now, I mean, he's at an up-and-down camp. You know, I'm a Zach Wilson fan. I love his ability. We'll see how it plays out this year. But if this kid could just show some progress and start taking a step a little forward, I think this team is going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. Yeah, they can be a lot of fun to watch. And Zach Wilson, I mean, just go out there and and look like you belong. Like, I can't have a a year where Mike White and, you know, Josh Johnson at points just look better than you. He looked completely overwhelmed last year. And I know a lot of people were saying, well, he shouldn't have started the season. But the NFL is different now. These young quarterbacks, they come in, they're they're expected to be NFL ready and start right away because the clock starts to tick on the long-term contract and you want to be able to field a legitimate roster around these guys while you're not paying them. He just looked completely overmatched last year. Completely. Right, and, and, and I, w- I was one of those guys, and I understand it's not the way the NFL works today, but I would have sat him early on. 
listen, he took his lumps. Maybe it'll show up this year and show that that was the right direction to go. But I don't think he's good. It's not where he's going to be lost this year. You know, that backpedaling, losing 12 yards, throwing the ball up the yeah. grass. That's not going to happen. I mean, just throwing it up in the air and with, with, with no kind of plan. And look, him not – I don't know what was worse. Like, they didn't even have a veteran backup to support him. There, there was no one really who could pull him to the side in his ear after he just turned the ball over again on the sidelines and say, here, this, you know, this is how it goes. It's fine. You'll work through this. Like, having that legitimate – uh, veteran presence in the locker room on the sideline, I, I I think could have been very beneficial for this guy who was coming in, you know, playing BYU competition. I, I agree, and you know, I think they were hoping Flacco was that. I'm not sure exactly what happened with him and Zach last year, but I think Flacco's going to fill that role this year. And, and to be quite honest with you, you know, if Zach Wilson is struggling and things aren't going right. You know, maybe they'll turn to Flacco for no, a couple no. of games this year. No, 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 don't do that. If no, we no, see no, Joe I, Flacco, I mean, listen, here's the best case scenario for if we ever see Joe Flacco this year. It's week 18. The Jets have clinched a first-round bye. If Joe Flacco is putting on his helmet any time before week 18, then we've got a disaster on our hands. Nah, that that's not true because he's actually looked real. Except yesterday had an off day, but pretty much he he he's had a really good camp so far. Oh, I, 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 I'm telling you, Ty, Ty, trust me. I'm telling you, trust me. This guy's been flinging the ball. You remember last year he came in what beginning of September. He was coming off the neck surgery. Yeah, he, he actually played ready. pretty well. Yeah, I get it, and I appreciate I the I, I appreciate the call. I'm sorry I got to run him up against the clock, but <laughs> listen. Like, I get, you know, Joe Flacco's look good in camp. Joe Flacco is not the answer at quarterback. This season is about Zach Wilson. It starts and ends with Zach Wilson. If Joe Flacco at any point is being shown on the broadcast with his helmet on prior to week 18, then we've stumbled upon a catastrophe. More of your phone calls coming up. We'll get back to the baseball and do some more football as well. The Mets right now up 5 nothing in the top of the seventh. Ty Butler going to a 6 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. So on on the Yankees and Mets conversation, I just got a tweet from one of one of my boys, one of my close friends at Ocho A O K underscore. He says it seems like Yankee fans are more concerned about a rivalry with the Mets, or are more concerned about a rivalry with the Mets more than us. Meaning that Yankee fans being more concerned about the Met that the rivalry with the Mets, the Met fans are with the Yankees. And then I get another tweet from a guy because I quote tweeted that and I said, "Is this true?" And he says quote just the Mets and what he's referring to is when Jeter in the documentary uh, is is recapping all of the um, 2000 Subway Series against the Mets and he's recapping everything that happened and how electric the city was and he said it's just the Mets like there was no there was nothing big about this it was just the Mets like we didn't really look at them as, as anything other than just being the Mets so I so that's a, a good reply to that Yankee fans aren't really concerned about the Mets because you I mean we're in our third president since you last won a playoff game that's a long time ago so win a playoff game first and then we can start the oh are how concerned are Yankee fans about the Mets being more relevant than them we're not quite there yet. Kevin Monticello wants to weigh in on the higher ceiling this season as we go the rest of the way between the Yankees and the Mets. What's up? 
how you doing? I, I, I really believe, of course, the Mets have a better shot at things because, they, I mean, come on, they have the number one and two maybe best pitchers in baseball going for them. So their path going in a short series or any kind of series gives them the edge. And I'm a diehard Yankee fan. But, I mean, I'll say that. But I don't. I think it's more hatred from the Mets fans towards Yankees than Yankees towards the Mets. But, here, but before you continue, here's the only retort that I would have. And, and why I'm so fascinated by this question is part of it is, yes, the Mets, you can argue because of their rotation, are set up better for a playoff run, whether that's a short playoff series or a long playoff se- series, with Showalter and then you know Scherzer and DeGrom on top of your rotation. I get it. But the other part is... There's more competition in the National League. You have to get through the Padres, the Dodgers, the Braves. Like, like that's tough. Whereas Yankees, and and I, I think anything anyone objective would say that if the Yankees lose in the American League playoffs, the the team that they lost to, the Houston Astros, that's the, that's the only one you're concerned about. Well, that might be the best uh, best team in baseball would be Houston. So you you got to go to Houston before anybody. But if well, they're the other- not. But if they're if they are the best team in baseball, let, let's just let's just remove the Yankees and Mets from the equation. So it's right. arguable that the Astros are the best team in baseball. If that's the uh, if that's oh, the case, then the yeah. second best team in baseball might be the Dodgers. Yes. And then you you do have the Braves who won the title last year. Who they you can't dismiss them. And then the that's Padres right. who just added probably the best player in baseball. So. Again, it's a, it's a, the the path is more arduous for the Mets, even though they might be set up better. But I think the Yankees right now are just going to to a time period. I think everything's going to get straightened out. Chapman's going to end up being the closer by the end of the year, guaranteed that. I hope so. This thing with the Holmes thing is is was just I don't know what it was, but a flash in the pan or whatever. And I think it's going to with Montas. I think their their uh, rotation is going to calm down. I think they're going to be okay. But like I said, pitching, pitching, pitching. You can't. You're just as good as next day pitching. So that's where it really goes. The thing you did say, I'm really with you with, is this Ortiz thing. He gets into the Hall of Fame on 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 the you know all the rumors about him doing the roids and all that stuff. But yet Alex Rodriguez gets his. Everybody turns their back on him, and he wasn't even close to being the Rodriguez at all. So I mean, I mean, that kind of bothers me a lot. You did say that, and I agree. With yeah, A Rod was a well, A Rod was a better player just because he brought it on. He brought it on both ends, whereas Ortiz was a designated hitter. But Ortiz was never suspended. You know, A Rod had that season long suspension. He sued yeah. the Yankees. He's getting into it with the league. So yeah. uh, there, there was really no shot he was going to get in. But just Ortiz, it I just feels like. That 2003 Mitchell report that his name was on, it just kind of went away, and, and no one cared because he was more likable. He, he was charming. Now he's doing the whole yeah, thing with Fox. Yeah, you're right. It just like disappeared, like it wasn't even there. Yeah, like it just and never he, happened. He, he, like you woke up one day and it was like, wow, remember that? No, I don't really yeah. remember it. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. And he never admitted. It. He never ever admitted. To yeah, it. no. Actually, he was actually no. mad at. I, I, and he, I appreciate, he was yep. mad at being a year. The reporter asked him a question, and he was annoyed by it. I appreciate the call, Kevin. That became like a big thing in Boston, where he, he was annoyed uh, about being asked a question, you know, with his name being involved uh, in steroids. But it kind of just went away. And that's why the Baseball Hall of Fame, like if you're – you take a little bit of a hit when you're allowing some guys who we know were on roids to get in and then other guys who never failed drug tests, they don't get in. But 
I guess such is life. Two more hours to play with on this hot, hot Saturday afternoon. Ty Butler going until 6 o'clock. More of your phone calls. We'll talk football next right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.